Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Great job. Let's give our team a God bless you. Wasn't that awesome? Everybody stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to warn you, I'm ready for you today. I came to preach. Did anybody come to receive a word from heaven? I have an absolute download. Just before I preach, let me honor a great pastor in the house, Pastor Wendell Johnson and his family from Kentucky. They're in the house. Let's give them a God bless you. I want to tell somebody today, it's not time to quit. It's not time to doubt God. It's not time to throw in the towel. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. And even when you don't see it, he's working. He never stops working. Some of y'all are waiting, but while you're waiting, come on somebody, he's working. And, and I want to tell you, you're, you're close to victory today. Some of you are right on the edge of a breakthrough or the devil wouldn't be resisting you so ferociously. So I feel like I have a word from heaven. If you're ready, shout, bring it on. All my precious friends on live stream that watch us, we're so glad that you join us today, whether it's by Facebook or YouTube, or you're watching us uh, on another venue. Thank you for being with us today. First Samuel 14, 23, watch this. So the Lord saved Israel that day. Is there anybody remem who remembers that day that the Lord saved you? Come on, make a little noise if you remember that day that the Lord saved you. And watch this, and the battle shifted to Beth Haven. Now look at the 47th verse in the NLT version. It says, now when Saul had secured his grasp, one uh, translation said when he had got a grip on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Amnon, Edom, the kings of Zoab. Uh, and the Philistines, and wherever he turned, watch it, he was victorious. Who's ready to be victorious wherever you turn? He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Note the 23rd verse. And the battle shifted at Beth Avon. Now that doesn't sound too profound until you understand the meaning of the name Beth-Avon. Beth-Avon means the house of nothingness. The battle shifted at the house of nothing. And I stopped by to talk to somebody about this reality, the other side of nothing. I wanna tell you that your battle is about to shift. I don't know who I'm talking to. There's some breakthroughs about to manifest. You may feel like you're in nothing right now. You're seeing nothing right now. But who's ready for God to move right up in the middle of your life? Oh, I got a download. Flip up your hands and let's get in this together. Father, my greatest hope is that Jesus be magnified and, and that the Lord you be glorified and the devil be terrified. Hallelujah. Release anointing, favor, and revelation in this house. Let us know that you are working. We give your name the praise. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the day. Come on, let me hear you shout one time if you love him. 
You can be seated. And the battle shifted at Beth Avon at the house of nothing. I wanna take a few minutes and talk to you along these lines, the other side of nothing. This is one of the most amazing stories out of God's word and quite honestly, the entirety of this chapter is profound and powerful and it would do you good to feed your faith and sit down and read this first Samuel chapter. It would encourage you that God moves even when you don't feel it and when you don't see it, he's still working. Saul here is in conflict with Israel's arch enemies, with their sworn enemies, the Philistines. And he's sitting at the beginning of this chapter underneath a pomegranate tree in the city of Migron. Here he is utterly defeated. He's sitting under this pomegranate tree in this city called Migron. And if you define the word Migron, Migron means fear. Here he is totally demoralized. He has been beaten, he has been, he has been absolutely dominated and he's sitting, sitting under a pomegranate tree with a spirit of fear in the city of fear just licking his wounds. And at the beginning of this chapter he settles here and he seems utterly and absolutely defeated. But by the end of the chapter, he goes from being defeated to the runaway champion, defeating every enemy on every side. Listen, I've come to tell you today, anyone in their right mind would have never never gotten behind Saul. They would have written Saul off. They would have called him a loser. They would have said, this man is not going to be a conquering king. He will not accomplish anything. But just keep reading. Mm. If you just keep reading, within a couple verses, the whole thing turns around. I dropped by to tell somebody today, there's folks in your life who have mistakenly misjudged your story because of where you are right now and because what you have, because of what you've been through in this last season. But you need to tell them, just keep reading. Just keep watching, my story is not over, hallelujah. It may not look good right now, it may look like I'm licking my wounds and the enemy has tried to defeat me, but I've still got breath and I've still got faith and God is still on my side and my story isn't over. That's what I stopped by to tell somebody today. Even if you're under a spiritual pomegranate tree, even if you are spiritually uh, wrestling with a, with a situation where you're being overcome by fear, I came to tell you that don't judge the whole book on this chapter. Keep reading, you're going to break through. Hallelujah. I want you to get wild and say this. Repeat this after me. Say, my story is not over. Come on, say it loud. Say, my story is not over. I am a child of God and I will. I will. I will finish with victory in my life. If you believe that, make a little noise in the room right now. Saul is in the heat of the battle, so he's underneath this pomegranate tree, and then the Lord sends him to fight 
in Beth-Avon. And the battle shifted at this town called Beth-Avon. And Beth-Avon means the house of nothing. Now let me really talk to you. What do you do when you're fighting? What do you do when you're bleeding and when you're warring at the house of nothing? Have you ever gone through seasons? Have you ever gone through circumstances and situations and times of, of unbelievable warfare and in spite of all the fighting, in spite of all the trying, in spite of all the warfare and the bleeding, you feel like you have nothing to show for it? Have you ever had times in your life where you feel like you're fighting on every side and warfare is manifesting all around you and you feel like, man, I'm not even gaining ground. I'm having nothing to show for it. Are there any real people in the house? I didn't come to talk to religious folks. I've come to talk to real folks because the reality is I don't care how saved you are, all of us go through times and seasons and circumstances and situations like that where you feel like I'm warring and nothing is happening. I'm fighting and nothing is happening. I'm believing and nothing is happening. I'm telling you it doesn't matter how anointed you are. It doesn't matter how prolific your position is. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter how many conferences you attend or how many podcasts you watch. It doesn't matter how cool and victorious your Instagram and Facebook looks. It doesn't matter how spiritual your title sounds or how religious you sound even when you talk. Come on, somebody. The truth is there are times and seasons when we fight our most intense fights at the house of nothing. I'm fighting and ain't nothing happening. I'm praying and nothing is happening. I'm worshiping and nothing is changing. I'm praising and nothing is shifting. I'm going to church and I still ain't broke through. Come on somebody, I'm warring on every side and I still feel like I'm seeing nothing. My family is messed up. In fact, I think they're more messed up. I'm still struggling. My husband ain't just crazy, he's more crazy. Come on, somebody. My children are acting demon-possessed. I'm frustrated. I'm worried. I'm hindered. I'm contained. I'm agitated. I'm aggravated. I'm uptight. I'm fighting, but ain't nothing happening. Y'all ain't real. Y'all can't, can't let me talk to you about life. That sometimes you go in seasons and you go in cycles where you say, Lord, what is going on? Because I'm swinging, but I ain't hitting nothing. I'm fighting at the house of nothing. If you've ever been at the house of nothing, fighting and ain't nothing happening, make a little noise if you can identify with your boy. I said make a little noise if you can identify with your boy today. See, it's a tough fight when you're locked in mortal combat at the house of nothing. And it seemed in Saul's situation like nothing was happening, but suddenly shift. The Bible said the battle shifted at Beth-Avon. And everything within you during this season, when you're fighting and ain't nothing happening, everything within you wants to quit. Everything within you wants to quit because you think, is this battle, is it even worth fighting? Because I'm fighting in the house of nothing and nothing is happening anyway. It might be easier just to throw in the towel. It might be easier just to wave the white flag. It might be easier to surrender because this battle is futile anyway. Ain't nothing happening anyway. But don't forget, 
what the Bible said. The Bible said that the battle shifted at Beth Avon, at the house of nothing. It shifted at the house of nothing. Somebody, under the sound of my voice, has been in a time where you've been fighting at the house of nothing. You've been frustrated because you've done all this fighting and you're asking yourself, what came of it? I haven't seen anything happen. And you're still, you're fighting right now. And you feel like you're fighting at the house of nothing. You're fighting for people who won't even fight for themselves. Fighting for children who won't even fight for themselves. Fighting for principles and the people that you're fighting for won't even fight for themselves. In fact, they turn and resist what you're trying to accomplish for their own good. Help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody has been fighting at the house of nothing, but I came to drop a religious prophetic bomb in this house. I want to tell somebody in this room, someone here today has been fighting at the house of nothing, but your battle is about to shift. Come on somebody I said your battle is about to shift I need to say that again because I need to let the folk in the back hear me I said your battle is about to shift somebody make a little noise if you're ready for your battle to shift oh you can do better than that I said make a little noise if you're ready for that battle to shift may seem like nothing has happened and nothing is happening but God is working in ways you don't know anything about he's moving behind the scenes he's touching what you can't touch he's shifting what you can't shift he's changing what you can't change while you've been worrying he's been working hallelujah and I want to tell you even if you're fighting at the house of nothing don't stop fighting your battle is about to shift Tell somebody around you the battle is shifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, tell somebody that they didn't believe you. On the other side, say your battle is shifting. In fact, I believe it so much, I'm not going to wait and praise you after it shifts. I'm going to praise you right now because I know that this battle is... I hadn't been through what I've been through to come out with nothing. I hadn't fought what I've fought to come out with nothing. I hadn't worried and been through all this hell to come through on the other side with nothing. Baby, this battle is about to shift. Oh, the devil wanted to keep you home today because he didn't want you to know there's a shifting in your next season. Somebody give him praise if you hear me. Hey, Jesus. On the other side of nothing is everything then that God has promised. Keep fighting, tell your neighbor it's about to shift. Yeah, yeah, trouble don't last always. It's about to shift. Now, uh, pay attention to the 47th and 48th verse. Now, when Saul had secured his grasp, one translation said when he got a grip on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Amnon, Edom, Zobah, the Philistines, and wherever he turned, he was victorious. That sounds good to me. Wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. I want you to notice that Saul fought enemies from every direction. Have you ever had times like this where you can't just fight one enemy? Where, 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 where's my real people? 
I mean, you don't just have one enemy in front of you. You got an enemy beside you. You got an enemy on this side of you. You got, a, you got drama behind you. You got drama to the north, south, east, and west, to the northeast, southeast, northwest. Come on. So everywhere you turn is drama. Everywhere you turn is battle. But I want you to understand something. That's the way the enemy works. But there came a moment when that season shifted and the Bible said wherever he turned, he was victorious. I'm not sure about you, but I'm absolutely positive about me. I'm not going to quit until I see victory everywhere I turn. I'm not going to stay defeated for nobody. I'm not going to stay depressed for anybody. I am going to hang on, hold out, and fight until I see victory in my purpose, victory in my family, victory in my destiny, victory with my children, victory in my marriage, victory in my money, victory in my church. Every time I turn around, I'm going to see victory because I'm going to keep fighting until the victory manifests. I feel that, I'm claiming that. Dawn, I'm claiming that for you and I. There were six nations that Saul overcame at, here at the battle, the, the, the battle at the house of nothing. And I don't want you to miss this because all this victory came when he persevered at the house of nothing. <laughs> he didn't see the totality of God's victory in his life until he went through that nothing season. Now. Watch this, I'll come back and pick that up in a few minutes. But I wanna share with you the nations that he overcame and the spirits behind those nations. And the Lord unfolded this in my heart for you. Number one, Saul was victorious over Moab. If you define the name Moab, Moab means who is your father. It implies your family lineage. And not long ago, I was actually in Moab, and it's in the nation of Jordan, it's in the Middle East. And the Moab of the Bible was a very dark and adulterous place, and it's still a place of great bondage today. They worshiped gods in those days that required human sacrifice, in particular child sacrifice. And from generation to generation, to generation, their hideous curses were passed down. But Paul gave Saul victory over the, the family curses that had been passed down. That's the implication there. God gave Saul victory on the other side of nothing. And I want to tell you, I, I, I'm talking to somebody today who may feel like you're fighting right now and nothing is happening, but hear me, it's time to keep fighting. Through God's faithfulness and your determination, the things that bound the generation before you are not going to bind you up. Come on. The generational curses, the generational iniquities, the depression that held your daddy is not going to hold you. The addiction, the anger, the divorce. Your mama couldn't stay married. The devil's told you you won't be able to keep a man. But the devil is. 
a no good liar. The dysfunction that was in your granddaddy is not gonna come to you. The drama of your family will not come to you. The abuse, the self-loathing, the spirit of poverty that rests on those before you is not gonna come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Some of y'all been dealing with familiar spirits. Your family has familiar spirits in them. You know what the word familiar is? It is linked to the word family. Some of y'all got devils that show up at your family and eat ribs right with your cousins. Come on, somebody. You got that, that poverty devil and that addiction devil and that lust devil and that divorce devil. Y'all quiet because I'm talking about your family, but I know you know I'm telling the truth. They sit around the table and you see drama and you see it. My granddaddy was like that. My great granddaddy was like that. My mama never had nothing, but let me tell you today, the spirit of Moab is being broken off of your life. I came to tell you that you have the spirit of the, of the breaker. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I have a breaker's anointing. Yeah, yeah, they don't believe you. Push him and say, I have a breaker's anointing in my life. The thing that was in my mom and them ain't gonna be in me. The thing that was in my grandmama is not gonna be in me. I'll keep a man. I'll keep a job. I'll, I'll have a house. I shall be blessed. And I'm gonna tell you, instead of establishing generational curses that go from this generation to the next generation, put your hand on your chest and say, from this generation on, say, I'm establishing generational blessings. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout right now. Uh. Amnon was the next nation that Saul overcame. And I want you to fasten your seat belts because here's exactly what Amnon is defined in the Abram publication name vault. It's a Jewish name vault. I Googled it so it has to be true. The name Amnon means people. It means the homies. When I read that, I had to do a double take. And the Lord said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him victory over the homies. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. See, see, I, when God gives you victory over the homies, God has given you some kind of victory. Because the truth is, can't nobody mess you up like the homies. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Can't nobody hinder you and hold you back much more than the homies. But when you get victory over the homies, when you get victory over the people that you've been running with, you better look out. I have a word for you. Somebody is about to break the hold of the homies in your life. Yeah, yeah, some of y'all are concerned about elevation. You need to get concerned about association because sometimes your association will hinder your elevation. You want to see who you are, look at who you're running with. Everybody around you take a picture because that's a snapshot of your future. If you're hanging out with losers, baby, get ready to lose. But sometimes you need to say in the name of Jesus, I got to get away from the homies because I can't take this same thing that I've been in over and over again. Here's what I've come to declare. Don't allow yourself to be drowned and captured and contained by life 
limiting relationships. How many of you are thankful that the Lord is going to allow you to be free in the next season from life limiting relationships? Make a little noise if you're ready for that work in your life. Oh, I ain't saying you can hate anybody. I'm not saying that you shouldn't love them. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be kind to folk. But I don't want you to miss the fact today that there are some of your homies that the enemy has placed in your life on assignment. The devil will assign homies, homies in your life. Your homies who will delay you, who will distract you, and who will discourage you. There are some homies that the devil has put in your life because he wants to keep you where you are. Their influence on your life is destructive, and sometimes you gotta disconnect to protect. Sometimes you gotta say, I love you and I want the best for you, but I can't hang out with you every day because I'm not living in your pit. I'm not living in your drama. I'm not living in your problem. I'm not living in your lack. I'm not living in your doubt. I'm not living in your fear. I'm not living in your mess. I love you, but I can't hang out with you every day. Disconnect me from people that hinder my future. Somebody who hears what I'm saying, give God a praise right now. You gotta protect your purpose. And sometimes you gotta disconnect to protect. Proverbs said this, Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Come on now. You hang out with stupid people, you gonna get more stupid. Amen, pastor. But the companion of, companion of fools will be destroyed. Wrong company will do you harm. I guess I stopped by to say this, protect your purpose. You must value your purpose enough to tell those homies that are holding you back by their opinions, by their actions, by their drama, by their pressure. I love you, I'll pray for you, but if I have to, I'll let you go. I'll release you in this season. I'm open for your change but I'll go forward if I got to go forward by myself. Hear me in this room, move on. Come on, sometimes to move up, you gotta move on. And to move on is the only way to move up. You may feel like you're fighting, oh Jesus, for people who are bent on not only staying in their bondage, but holding you in that bondage with them. But it's time to shake that off and say, God, in the name of Jesus, disconnect me from all this drama and give me some folk who are actually hungry for what I'm hungry for and headed for where I'm headed. I'll help them if they want to be helped, but I can't stay with them and die. Somebody give God a praise if you hear me. Some of you may feel like you've been trying to nurture relationships and it's all for nothing. Hear me, if you will release yourself from the influence of negative drama producing relationships and fight for your purpose on the other side of nothing, God will bless you with critical connections that will help you reach your purpose. Some of you, I hear you Holy Ghost. There's people in this room just an introduction away. You're one right relationship away. God is about to release in your life. God's about to bring to your life. God's about to open the door for destiny, releasing relationships. God help me, I need to stay on my notes, but is there anybody here that would like to meet someone that could help you get to where God has called you to be and you, 
Make a little noise if that's you. That's why you can't be ugly. That's why you can't be mean. That's why you, you gotta be kind to everybody because you never know who's got the, your destiny in their pocket. You never know who might be critical to your next season. Hallelujah. It's so powerful to me because I feel in my spirit that God is not going to call you to do something and then not pull the people around you that you need to make sure that it gets done. So you're going to help them and they're going to help you. And you're going to become what God has called you to be. I break the spirit that has overwhelmed you where the homies have been dominating you and the homies have been overcoming you I declare in the mighty name of Jesus on the other side of nothing God is blessing you with critical connections somebody give God praise if you're ready for critical connections Zobah is the next nation that he overcome and, and this is so powerful because Saul defeated these people of Zobah and Zobah has several meanings. One, it means uh, to integrate. Zobah means to combine, to mix and to water down. Hear me in this room. The truth is it's time to stop mixing and combining and losing your identity trying to combine to opportunities and people that are not for you anyway. I got a feeling that I'm about to punch the devil in the nose on your behalf. I said, stop trying to impress people that don't matter. Stop trying to connect the people that don't love you anyway and they, they don't want the real you, they want the watered down version of you. They can't handle the real you. They want the watered down version of you. Let me tell you something. There are people underneath the sound of my voice and you have given too much of yourself away. You have given too much of your, your passion away, too much of your identity, too much of your call away, trying to fit in with people and you have nothing to show for it. You have watered yourself down so much that you have lost yourself. You have watered down your call. You have watered down your passion. You have watered down your gifting. There are some people that can't take the real you. But let me tell you, baby, with Jim Rayleigh, what you see is what you get. I would rather be rejected for who I am than accepted for who I am not. Because the truth is, if I start off pretending, I'm gonna have to pretend every time I'm around you. But there comes a point where I say, if you can't take me for who I am, where I am, like I am right now, then you really don't want a relationship with me because this is Jim Rayleigh. Make a little noise if you're ready to connect to some relationships. Where you can be you. See, see, here's the truth. Some people have watered themselves down too much. You've come out with nothing. Huh. I want you to listen closely because this is a profound statement. There are some people who really don't want a relationship with you. They want a relationship with themselves and they want it to look like you. Oh, that's too deep. That's too deep. They don't want a relationship with you. They want you to become them. 
They, they want a relationship with themselves. They just want, want it to look like you. These folks don't want any version of you. They want you to be exactly what they want you to be. They want you in their box. They want you to behave like them, act like them, dress like them, worship like them, praise like them. But I drop by to tell somebody, don't lose yourself trying to connect the folk who don't have God's best interest in your life and in their heart for you. I'm telling you, commit to being who God has called you to be. Stop mixing, stop mingling, stop watering yourself down and get ready to be who God has called you to be. <laughs> Since I'm on it, let me go a little bit further. Stop mixing and combining with the world. Ooh, preach Pastor Rayleigh. The old timers called it worldliness. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. I said, stop watering your walk down. Stop sinning. Stop making excuses. Stop being like the world. Let me tell you something. If, 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 if relevance means that I have to stop preaching truth, then I'll never be relevant because there'll never come a day when you come to Calvary and I won't call sin, sin. And I won't call iniquity, iniquity. Let me just go right on ahead and set you free. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but in the end, it's destruction thereof. We've still got to have preachers that have the gall, the audacity, the unmitigated backbone to stand up and say righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people. Let me tell you, if relevance means I'm not speaking truth, I'll never be relevant. But let me tell you, we are living in a day and in a time when these weak need sissified preachers who are standing up and won't tell the truth and shame the devil. Dear God, give us some men who have a backbone that say, I ain't trying to win a popularity contest. I'm trying to keep your rear end out of hell. You better give God a praise. I don't know. I've been on vacation. Y'all know what happens. It's time for saved folk to be boldly saved. I said be boldly saved. Come on. Here's what I want you to know. The first thing you need to know about me is I love Jesus. And the second thing you need to know, oh, yes, Lord, how mercy. He said, I'll give an offering on that. Come on. The first thing you need to know about me is I love Jesus. The second thing you need to know about me is I'm saved right down to the bone. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the first thing you need to know about me is I love Jesus. The second thing is this, I'm saved right down to the bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not just Sunday saved. I said, I'm not just Sunday saved. I'm everyday saved. I am not just Sunday saved. I'm everyday saved. High five your neighbor and say, I'm everyday saved. Yeah, 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 I'm Friday night saved. I'm Wednesday afternoon saved. I'm Monday morning saved. If you're everyday saved, I want you to give God a crazy praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. Don't water down your walk. Don't become less than what God has called you to be. Stay strong, baby. The Lord is on your side. On the other side of nothing, if you'll commit to being the you God has called you to be, not mixing, not mingling, not diluting yourself, hallelujah, to become acceptable in the eyes of others, God will bring to pass everything he promised. But watch this. Zobab, Zobab, 
Zoba also means to swell up. And there are several things I think about when I think about swelling up. Number one, uh, swell up means to, to be swollen up with pride. Let me ask you something. What do we have to be proud of within ourselves? What do we have that God has not given us? See, pride produces nothing in your life. Strutting around and acting like it's all you, it produces nothing. I want to let God kill pride in me. And I want to walk in humility because when I'm not prideful, God will work on my behalf. Breakthrough is on the other side of humbling yourself before the Lord. If you are humble down, watch God work. Walk in humility and watch God work. Swole also implies being angry. And listen, some, some folk have gotten mad and stayed mad. Some folks have gotten upset and stayed upset. They're not just mad, they're fighting mad. And where has that gotten you? Where's all that anger? gotten you. you. Some of you are still carrying the drama and the baggage and the anger, but hear me in this room. In the name of Jesus, there is a reason to move beyond the madness. God's plan and future for your life is greater than anything you're mad about. Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, God's plan and future for your life is greater than anything you're mad about. If you believe it, give God a praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't allow anything to keep you swole up. Don't allow anything to keep you mad. Gather up your strength in Jesus. Recognize his goodness in your life and let that anger go. Let that madness go. On the other side of nothing, I'm telling you, is your breakthrough. You say, well, pastor, she was mean to Pookie. She didn't talk to you. Pastor, he, he was mean to Pookie. He wasn't nice. She didn't say nice things to Pookie. Let it go. They disrespected me on Facebook. Let it go. They, they put that, that icon, you know, not even the smiley face or the laughing one. They put the mad one. They put that mad icon on. Let it go. They disrespected me. Let it go. He hurt me. Let it go. She hurt me. Let it go. He left me. Let it go. They talked about me. Let it go. Stop giving it power in your life. Stop giving them the authority in your life. Hallelujah. Come on, next time you see them, just look at them and smile say, I ain't even mad at you. Hallelujah. God is so good, I ain't even mad at you. God made a way for me and I ain't even mad at you. If you're ready to walk free from that, give the Lord a crazy praise. Saul overcame the Philistines. And if you define the word Philistine, the name Philistine means to roll around in the ashes and in the dust because of grief. And I stopped by to tell somebody, stop crying. Stop grieving. Stop being ruled by your emotions. Don't be contained by grief in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't you dwell in the ashes of the past. You've held on to that and it's produced nothing. You may be fighting right now. You may be grieving right now, but you cannot be captured and controlled by grief. It's time for you to move into victory. If you want to move over into victory, you must get over what's over. Tell your neighbor, say, get over 
over what's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ain't believing you. You need to tell somebody else, get over what's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be rude by how you feel. Don't grovel not even one more day. It means to grovel in the ashes and in the dust. But Isaiah said this. Isaiah said, rise from the dust. Rise from the dust. O Jerusalem, sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, captive daughter of Zion. Oh, I love this so much. He said, shake off the dust. Some of y'all need to shake it off. Push your neighbor and say, shake it off. Yes, yeah, shake off what they did. Shake off what they said. Shake off the past. Shake off the drama. Shake off the depression. Shake off the anger. Shake it off. Shake off the doubt. Get up and get on with your life. Get out of the dust. And then it said something very powerful. Isaiah said, free yourself, free yourself from the chains around your neck. Some of y'all need to get this in your spirit. God said, I've unlocked them, but until you reach up and you take the chains yourself from off of your neck, you're gonna be bound every day that you live. But when you make up in your mind that I ain't gonna stay bound one more day for nobody, I'm taking the chains off my neck. Somebody give God a praise if you're ready to be free. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, take the chains off your neck. That season is over. That day is over. You're stepping in to joy unspeakable. Somebody give God a shout. Hey, the Bible said that weeping may endure for the night. But joy, 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 joy in the back row, joy in the front row, joy on the right side, joy on the left side, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm looking for some people that are tired of the drama, that are tired of the mess. Jump up and get a little joy right now. Shout with some joy, clap with some joy, dance with some joy, hallelujah. I'm trying, I need you to jump on your feet if you're ready for joy, 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 joy. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off, joy. One, two, three, give the Lord a crazy praise. Hey! Hey! Stand up and give God some praise. The next nation he overcame was the Amalekites. And the Amalekites means dwelling in the valley. These three nations join together. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say neighbor. Holler at him, say neighbor. Say you're moving from beyond. 
being ruled by your emotions. That's over. You're shaking off the dust of your circumstances. You're removing the chains from over your neck and you're leaving the valley behind. If you're ready, let me hear you give him some praise. Let me hear you praise him. Let me hear you. Come on, somebody, let the devil hear you. Let every attack of the enemy hear you. You may be fighting and you're in the you're in the season at the house of nothing, but God is on your side. And I'm trying to wind down. But the Bible said in verse 47, so Saul secured his grasp on Israel's throne. He got a grip on Israel's throne. That means not only did he win over Moab, not only did he win over Philistia, not only did he defeat the Amalekites, but bless God, he won at home. He got a grip at home. Tell your neighbor, get a grip. Get a grip. You're gonna win at home. You're gonna win with your children. You're gonna win with your family. You're gonna win with your son. You're gonna win with your... Somebody better come get me. I gotta get on a plane in about an hour. But somebody better come get me because I feel a crazy praise about to break out in here. High five four people and say, get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip. Devil, you can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my family. You can't have my children. You can't have my next level. Ugh. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Say, get a grip. Say, get a grip. Say, you will win at home with your family and those closest to you give the Lord a praise no I'm gonna wait for you to praise him I'm gonna wait for you to praise him like you believe hallelujah and I want you to look at Mark 10 27 <sighs> maybe you're fighting at the house of nothing. Maybe you've been in a season where you've been fighting and you've been warring and ain't nothing been happening. But I came to tell you that Jesus said in Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is. It is, whatever, it is, it is impossible, but not with God. You're at the house of nothing, but I came to tell you, you may be staring at nothing, but everything is possible with God on the other side 
of nothing is everything that God promised you. You need to praise Him. Everything, every victory, every breakthrough, every miracle, every promise, every prayer. Every dream that God gave you. Yeah, but I've been fighting at the house of nothing. I gave the best of myself in this battle. I fought for people who wouldn't even fight for themselves. But the battle did not shift until he came to Beth Avon in the house of nothing. See, sometimes God will let you have seasons where you see nothing to show you he's up to something. Don't let what you see cause you not to believe what he said. Saul started out the beginning of this chapter defeated in the city of fear underneath a pomegranate tree. But by the end he had victory on every side. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. What's the good word? Say here it is. In the end, when it's all over, I'm going to have victory on every side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Folks going to wish they'd have been nicer to you. I said, folks that were mean to you, they're going to regret it. The battle shifted at Beth Avon house of nothing. You see, well, Pastor, I'm right there. Hmm. Y'all preached me so much I took my jacket off. I don't like to do that because I, I ate too much on vacation. But I still look good, don't I, don't? You better say amen. Pastor, I'm doing all this fighting. I'm bleeding. I'm warring. Nothing's changing. Nobody's immune to those seasons. I don't care what your title is or how deep or profound you speak or preach. Here's the truth. None of us are immune. Nothing's changing, Pastor. My situations aren't changing. My children aren't changing. circumstances are changing here's what I found out if I listen to the Lord in those times when it seems like nothing's changing something really is changing 
it's me. So say, Lord, if I'm in a time where I feel like nothing's changing, change me. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Change me. Don't do it without me. Lord, whatever, work on me. Come on, raise your hands and say, work on me, Lord. Don't do it without me. prayer. It's the name Edom. And if you define the name Edom, it means red skin or red flesh. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit. You can bring that in the back if you would, please. Red skin or red flesh. And the Lord said, tell the people, it's time to get victory over the flesh. The things that have kept you and held you, captured you. That sin, that compromise. That thing that you know is not like Jesus. I certainly don't want to take away from the goodness and grace of the Lord. But I want to tell you something precious. If there's sin in your life, you need a Savior. Just like me. Just like anybody else in this room. And you don't need to give Edom, the flesh, the power. Edom was actually Esau's nickname. And Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of porridge, a bowl of soup. I want to tell you, you can't let your flesh dominate your life. It'll hold you from your purpose. It'll keep you out of heaven with heads bowed and eyes closed. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, since you're praying, I know, see, I got to be on a plane in the next hour and 20 minutes, but I ain't going to rush out until I make sure and do this. If you're here in this main campus, six services today, but you're in this one, and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with God. There's things in my life that alienate me and separate me from the Lord. And when you pray, Jim, really pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, I got flesh issues. I got sin in my life. I need to get it right. Two, since you're praying anyway, Pastor, pray for me. Three, slip that hand up right now across the room. Pray for me, Pastor. 
hands in every section. Hold that hand up. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it right now. Five. That's it. Four. Three. I see it. Two. One. This is somebody's day for a new beginning. If you raised your hand, hold it up and keep it up. Nobody's looking around right now. Hold it up and keep it up. If somebody next to you has their hand up, I want you to move back and I want you to wake away for them to come because I want to pray with them right here. If you raised your hand, I want you to step into a new beginning right now. Come on. I want you to come to the front and I'm going to pray with you. Come on. If you really meant business, I want you to come. Hallelujah. Come on. They're coming from all over. Yes. Oh, Lord. What is Y'all better clap. They're coming. Don't do it without me. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. I look at them still coming, y'all. Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.